Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Listeners, this is Kyle, and um, I just wanted to come in real quick and give an intro to what you're about to hear. This is a supplemental episode, not even a full, real episode. This is just basically the audio from a panel that I was on called Kneel Before Pod. I asked on Facebook if people wanted to hear it, and some people voiced interest, so that's what this is. Uh, If you're here because you wanted to hear me talk a lot, this is not going to be your episode. If you want to hear Godzilla, uh, this is not going to be your little download. You're going to want to wait till the next full episode, which will be coming in the next next few days with Jeff Dean. Um, Additionally, if you are listening with your kids and you don't like them hearing the F-bombs and stuff, then you should not play this because uh, this panel does have uh, some not clean language in it. And, um, you know, most people don't care that listen to the show, but I know a few of you do. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, special thanks to Billy for organizing Wonder Northwest, which is the convention that this was thrown, the convention that he threw where this was recorded at. Big, big thanks to Martin for recording, uh, we're pulling this audio off his video because uh, For some reason, my audio recorder kind of stopped working. I don't know if that's because of the soundboard or because the audio recorder, whatever. Uh, We're going to go ahead and basically get this going. The people you're going to hear on the panel moderating is Rick Emerson of the Rick Emerson Show and uh, Legion of News and Outlook Portland. On the panel itself, Court and Fatboy from the Court and Fatboy Show, something I listen to on a regular basis. 
Matt Hunter from A Jumps B Shoots. Uh, he was also on Outlook Portland with me. And Dr. Manticore, also known as Cable Hashitani from the uh, Geek in, representing Geek in the City. And, uh, and then little old me on the end there talking about what I know, which, you know, I've been doing this for a little bit less, I think, than some of the other people on there. But anyway, it was a fun time. I hope you enjoy it. I hope the people that are listening to it for podcast insight get what they need out of it. And uh, I'll be back in a few days. We're going to record with Jeff next week for the full-blown episode. Thanks for listening. I should just let you guys just keep talking as a, as a representative sample of what one can expect on your, <laughs> yeah, your podcast. Yeah. This, this is podcasting. That's this cool. is it right here. Yeah. Hook us up to the internet. We're done. Uh-huh. You just wake up with the same clothes you went to bed in. Don't shower. Go sit behind a microphone. Talk about Superman profit. Yep. Exactly. Uh, let's see if I can get this to feedback like almost immediately. Right. And then I'll play Voodoo Child. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so my name is Rick Emerson. Hello, thank you for coming on out to uh, Neil Before Pod, uh, speaking of Superman, which was chosen. I should just give a brief rundown of uh, names that were suggested and then ultimately not selected uh, for this panel. The first was uh, Pod Piece, followed by Are You There Pod? It's me, Rick. Um, <laughs> someone just suggested we call it Internet Porn. Uh, related to that, and I suspect, although I cannot prove, uh, suggested by the same person was Podophiles. Uh, pod exclamation mark the musical the pods must be crazy and uh, the 17th annual West Coast Rue McClanahan fan club festival yes yes see that my people I pushed for that and I was just overruled nobody has an eye for nobody has a sense of style uh, so we want to thank uh, Jeremiah for suggesting uh, Neil before pod is the uh, is the final name for this uh, we'll start actually we'll introduce uh, from, from the end this way and then we'll kind of dive right in, we're going to ask uh, some questions about um, yeah, the podcasting, if you're coming from the world of terrestrial radio, or if you're coming from, uh, if you're coming from the world of uh, you know, the business or fandom, and you've just, it's your kind of your first foray into broadcasting, and then, um, and then because I'm fundamentally lazy, we will uh, throw it up to, uh, to y'all for questions. Uh, at the end, uh, Kurt Weber, Bobby Fatboy Roberts, Court and Fatboy, uh, which can be heard at uh, cascadia.fm. Uh, to their immediate Right. Thank you. Uh, we have uh, Matt Hunter, who is the director, editor, host, and uh, overlord of Eight Jumps B Shoots, um, which can be uh, heard at the website of the same name. Aaron Duran was supposed to be here. Uh, <laughs> this is Dr. Manticore. He'll be uh, here for GeekInTheCity.com. Well done, Dr. Manticore. Well done. Who let the pirates in? Is it more than one? He doesn't count, he's a ship's boy. Here's the thing, there are moments when conventions like this become exactly what everybody thinks conventions are. (laughs) Just tentacles and pirates. Often, yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, Kyle Yount, is it Yount? It is. Sure I get that correct. Uh, from KaijuCast, which is uh, all things Godzilla-E-esque. Yep, 100% Godzilla. Is it all radioactive time. monsters, or is it just Godzilla? It's uh, all, all, all of Godzilla and his rubber-suited foes. So it is uh, Godzilla, if he is it now, is it only uh, foes that he has officially interacted with, so it would be like your Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla? Uh, it's actually more than just that. It's basically any, any giant monster movie from Japan. Gamera? Yep, absolutely. All right, just checking. Uh, 
before we uh, before we get into the the business of podcasting itself, probably just in terms of sheer um, juxtaposition, we should ask uh, Kurt and Bobby, coming from the world of of terrestrial uh, radio, because we've worked together at CBS, and then that all uh, then that all came to an abrupt, if predictable, end at one mm -hmm. point. Um, what what was did you guys have any hesitation about going into uh, podcasting or online broadcasting, or did you toy with let's throw all our stuff in the car and find a gig at another station in no. Ohio? No, we never toyed with that. Uh, in fact, we uh, we were so invested in it that we started it about uh, three years before we got fired. Uh, we, we were podcasting while we were on the air simultaneously. We would take all the stuff that we were doing um, off the air, all the the bullshitting that we were doing in the studio, and we basically put that out on the internet. Uh, and that became far and away more popular than what we were doing on the air. So uh, when when we got fired, actually before we got fired, about an hour before we got fired, we released our final podcast uh, through CBS or Alpha or whatever it was at the time, saying, hey everybody, we're gonna be podcasting over here, follow us. Um, so it was, it, was, it was an easy decision. And just for those who, who maybe aren't quite sure what he's talking about, and this is the thing that I'm only, I only know some of the details here. So there was a, uh, a firing that came down at, uh, at CBS, and as, as is usually the case, you don't really get, even if you know it's coming, you don't get a lot of warning before the actual, for the, the actual act swings. So had you guys already recorded a sort of farewell that was like behind glass, like a break-in case of, of format change? No, what happened was uh, our, our program director at the time very awkwardly notified us there would be a meeting we needed to go to, uh, which just coincided with the first hour of our show. And Court, being the professional that he was, was like, they're going to fire us. It's all right. <laughs> so uh, we immediately, uh, like, we took like a minute to process the fact that we were not going to be getting a paycheck anymore. And then we got up and walked into a broadcast booth and recorded a podcast. And knowing that uh, nobody at CBS or most corporate radio had any idea how the internet worked, we knew we'd be able to upload it to their servers and they wouldn't figure out how to shut it off for at least a day and a half. <laughs> And so that's what we did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we recorded it and had it sitting ready to go so that in case, you know, it turned out to be the meeting was, you know, to tell us how fucking awesome we were. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, did, we didn't set up this podcast, but we had it ready to go. So that the second we did get fired, we walked down, fatty hit, enter on the keyboard, and yeah. away it went. Little did they know that by not uh, telling you how awesome you were, they in fact would give you the reason to solidify your yes, awesome exactly. by uploading it. You're like every 1980s uh, tech comedy. You know, he's hacked into the system. We can't stop it. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, actually, I rode a skateboard, did some backflips, and pounded Mountain Dew yeah. before I hit enter because that's how all the hackers do it. <laughs> uh, so let's sort of do the opposite of the introductions. Let's start with Kyle and go this way and have each of you guys uh, tell the first time just as listeners, as, as consumers, your first experience with hearing a podcast or hearing something online. What was the first time you heard an online show and went, that's a thing you can do? Uh, so I, I'm also a member of the 501st Legion, the stormtroopers that uh, oh, appear around town. Thank you. And uh, the 501st has a, has a podcast, and uh, the first one I ever listened to was the 501st podcast, and I said, wow, that was really cool. Uh, why doesn't anybody have something like that for Godzilla movies? Um, that's my, how my brain works, at least, and so I decided to start doing it myself. Dr. Magical. You know, it's like sometimes the moment after you ask something, you see the joke coming and you <laughs> My kingdom for a babel fish. Anyone? <laughs> All right. 
I think it's something along the lines of, we have seen your historical documents. <laughs> it's along those lines, I think. Awesome. Um, okay, I guess um, my first was actually uh, a video game podcasts, uh, which uh, inspired me to make my own video game podcast. Um, and I noticed just how anyone can pick up a microphone, start talking into it, and people will eventually start listening to them. And I thought, hey, I can talk into microphones. Uh, so I took my uh, limited knowledge of video games and my extensive knowledge of audio engineering and uh, invited a bunch of my friends who knew a lot more than I did and we just started talking uh, very casually about video games. Uh, this all started about 2008, and then uh, various uh, money issues kept it uh, from launching until uh, the beginning of this year. When you said your extensive uh, audio engineering knowledge, where did that come from? Um, I, um, I worked at a couple recording studios. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, music recording. I, uh, I work at Guitar Center. I manage the uh, pro audio uh, department at Guitar Center. So. I'm constantly every day just lamb blasted by just new technology and audio, and I'm constantly you know troubleshooting and answering questions for other people, and uh, um, so the, the 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 whole sound portion of it wasn't a problem for me, um, and then the uh, the content just came, you know, because uh, video games has a very uh, well not a very long history, but a very very storied history uh, that I thought I could share with other people, and uh, it's 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 proven to be uh, really really cool. Uh, Corey, Bobby. Uh, so far as podcasts go, jeez. Uh, I, I think remember, the first one I heard was ours. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't listen to anybody's podcast until we started doing them. Yeah, I was listening to uh, uh, a few. Um, the Mediocre Show is one that has been around since like, like 2005, 2006. Um, and they were one of the first like independent comedy podcasts I had ever heard of, period. So there was those guys. Um, I think I like remember when Adam Curry was trying to be like, I'm the king of podcasts. Father. Yeah, yeah, whatever. In fact, that was I, I gave that a shot. Like a, a, a lot of the problem with podcasting uh, in the early days uh, was not so much that it was decentralized, like you had to really hunt down to find out what a podcast was and then to pull the files down. But the problem was that uh, it was so like sporadic and intermittent, mm. and uh, typically what you were waiting like two or three months to grab a taste of was bad um that that sort of you know really made steady podcast listening hard to do well, but the quality was shit too a lot of people would just kind of lean into their their onboard mics on their, yeah. on their laptops and shout yeah. um and, and it made them really hard to listen to that has not changed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and that can be part of the charm too honestly like uh if i mean if you're if you're going there solely for the conversation to have like two people talking inside of your head for about an hour and a half I mean, the fact that it sounds sort of tinny and weird can be sort of charming in that they don't care that they have, like, the technical knowledge, uh, you know, from, like, years and years of troubleshooting things at Guitar Center or working in a, in a radio station. They just feel so strongly about whatever it is they're talking about that they're going to talk about it. And that, and that ends up, you know, adding uh, a sense of charm to it. That's actually a good... I was going to follow up on something that Matt said about... Um, uh, having some of the tech background, working at you know Guitar Center, working at recording studios. Mm -hmm. So, did you, for all of you guys, did you um, did you give much thought to to the to the fidelity, the, the clarity of the equipment before you leapt in? And you guys sort of answer, however mm -hmm. you know whatever order you want to, you can sort of jump out. But I mean, did you or did you just say I'm gonna I'm just gonna get it going tomorrow and I'll figure out how to make it sound good later? Uh, my quality followed my budget at first. Um, and so I just took whatever I had lying around and uh, just started, you know, using it, you know. And thankfully I had a couple uh, microphones lying around, I had a mixer lying around, and I just started using them. And uh, they actually st started sounding okay. And uh, as the podcast progressed and uh, the equipment got better, the sound got better. And um, so re I really like, you know, at, at first, yeah, you know, of course you want to make it sound as nice as possible, you know, because it's all about that kind of first impression of the podcast. Um, 
you know, the, f the first thing people hear is the quality and then the content comes later, but um, yeah, I mean, really like, you know, I, I just wanted to get my voice out there first, I think was, you know, was, was really the goal there. Kyle? Uh, actually, uh, for me, audio quality was really a big deal just because um, that first, that 501st podcast that I listened to, like only one of the hosts sounded really good and everybody else was um, obviously coming in over Skype, which actually at the time I had no idea how the hell they were doing that. I was like, how are these people? Podcast magic. Yeah, podcast, podcast <laughs> magic. And uh, I said, well, if I'm doing this, I'm just gonna, I'm basically just gonna have people sitting with me so I don't have to do, rely on the internet to have that conversation happen. Um, and I, I've always prided myself on trying to make my podcast sound as, as good as I can do it with the equipment that I have. And in fact, I actually borrowed equipment from a friend uh, for my first like three episodes before I got serious and, and bought my own mixer and mics. Yeah, sound quality is important, but on, on the flip, sound quality isn't that expensive. Like it does yeah. not it does not cost much at all to get like you know a couple semi decent microphones, a small mic mixer, and and you know an out that goes into your laptop. I mean, that's you also have to pay attention to your room though too because yeah. I mean if you if you listen to the Nerdist podcast, um, you'll hear them actually bitching about the people bitching at them uh -huh. uh, when they'll sometimes go up to it's like this conference room that has a bunch of glass in it and it, it immediately sounds like they're in a, like a, in a fifty five gallon drum uh, because there's all of a sudden this echo in the room and so people notice little things like that they they, they want it to sound they want it to sound broadcast quality if they can uh, and 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 they kind of it. it takes away from it sometimes if you if you add those other little things in there that uh, that are distracting it takes away from the the, the, the overall experience of your podcast it, it's why it doesn't really matter whether or not you record your podcast in a broom closet or in your mother's basement or in your garage like say Mark Marin like a, a lot of the stigma that goes about uh, in, into being a podcaster comes from the idea that you don't really know what you're doing and you're doing it in a, in a garage and somehow that's less professional than going to a radio station. Um, it's not at all. Like uh, Mark Marins is one of the most listened to podcasts in the country, and he really does go into his garage, which uh, smells like cat pee and has a bunch of old books that he's never read. Yeah. And it sounds fine because he's not, you know, taking care to try and impress his guests by going into a big glass conference room right. with a big glass table and having like you know 15 tons of echo wash over the microphone. Like if you, ha it's it really is about the content, but. There's something to be said for making it sound good uh, as as a way of setting yourself apart from the other podcasts that are that are out there. And if you've been to a radio station, you know that they are just glorified garages. Yeah, that's all of cat pee. Yeah, they, they really just stink. Oh yeah, the one at CBS was awful. Yeah, it was, like there wasn't even carpet anymore. It was just like you you know that weird pad that you set in front of your cat box so the cat can get out and, and mash mashes. Yeah, that's what it was. It wasn't even carpet anymore. It was just that. Yeah. The carpet is held together with dog vomit. Yeah. Does, uh, does anyone else on the panel have an answer to this? We can keep talking about dog vomit. I, I, I actually don't have any technical skill with this. His translator. My translator's working now. Um, I, I came on to Geek in the City as a correspondent later. Um, so that Dan might be able to... Dan is also a correspondent on uh, Geek in the City, so he might be able to speak to some of the technical aspects. What's the setup when, when Aaron Duran, who does a, uh, a podcast at geekinthecity.com, what what's the setup there technically, uh, to the best of your, I mean, to whatever extent you can answer that? Uh, well, the, the setup itself is basically, we recorded Aaron's uh, living room, and Bobby Pepper Roberts is our engineer. 
So he makes all of the audio magic happen, and we show up. We are the talent, I suppose. Uh, but it's, it's basically that's one way to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In as much as we're tolerated uh, that way, but uh, I know that Bobby, you probably speak of this better than I could. But it runs through a laptop, and there's a couple of boards and mics, and yeah. he says go, and, and then he yells at us. We're gives us hand signals when we're too loud or too soft. Basically, what you see in front of us is what it is. I mean, and it, it doesn't really, it looks maybe a little more complicated than it is, and the board that we use, I think, is like maybe like a $50, $60 board that Aaron got, and then it's just a bunch of like, you know, $20 mics that I got um, that I plug them in, and then I run it out from the board into the audio jack in on my laptop. That's that. That's podcast right there. For, um, and probably for each of you guys, this is a question, but do you, to whatever uh, extent is possible, do you do the show live to tape or, or live to, to mp3 or do you record it in pieces or segments and chop it all together yeah ours is ours is live we we uh, stream it on cascade.fm and then we podcast it later so i and and you know it, some people don't like to do it that way they, they like the option to to edit uh if, if they start sounding garbage they want to be able to go back and, and take out the garbage but um we find that our garbage is charming <laughs> <laughs> so um i know when i do uh, geek in the city um they run through as live as possible. There will be like little breaks where Aaron will drop in a commercial or a song or something. And if there are moments where in the middle of a conversation, as, as will happen, uh, you start doing like, 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 like that, I can go in and just chop that out before we mix it down. And then, so things yeah, like that. Yeah, like, we're consummate professionals. I don't know yeah. <laughs> Like if, if things like that happen, then yeah, I can go back in and edit things out. But typically we're not chopping for content. A lot of people like to feel like they really are in a room for an hour with the, pe the people that they've downloaded. So um, yeah, I, I kind of do, do it the same way. We all sit down in uh, my bedroom studio and uh, we just talk into microphones for about two, two and a half hours. I edit, you know, purely for content, um, you know, down to about an hour, and uh, it, it really is like it's 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 all about kind of keeping the flow and keeping um, the you know the kind of the, the conversation lively and keeping it natural too. Um, I know one thing I have to pay attention to breath a lot because uh, a person can't necessarily just keep talking over and over without taking a breath, and if you don't stop, it sounds really natural, and uh, people have to breathe. So there 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 are some uh, certain aspects of editing that I pay attention to, like real heavily, but ultimately it's, it's, it's all about keeping the flow of the conversation going. It's sort of like when you, when you notice, when you first notice that someone's going in between it. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. sort of like when you tell someone not to blink and then the first thing they do is this. Especially <laughs> when they're like really close to the microphone. Yeah. You can hear their breathing in. Yeah, it gets to be problematic, which, which can ruin like normal conversation. Podcasting is sort of ruined talking for me. Oh, me too. Because I can't uh, stand listening to my co-hosts talk in real life. Because <laughs> I, I, I have to listen to them like, you know, for another like six to eight hours after we record. Because <laughs> like, you have to train yourself to notice things about your conversation and the way that you're speaking yep. that you really shouldn't notice and that drive you pretty much to the end of insanity. Like you start, you know, considering things mistakes that aren't really mistakes that nobody you're talking yeah. to would notice, but it drives you insane. Unless you're talking to another podcast, right? Yeah. Living in Portland, that's a pretty good chance do you, you guys, are. Do you, on that note, do you guys actually listen back? And if you do, do you listen back to your shows to try to figure out what, what you like and what you don't about? You know, do you, in other words, you focus group yourself. No. Like, what am I doing right no, now? No, I, I don't want to get that shit again. <laughs> we, we try as fast as possible to forget whatever it yeah. was we said. So Which yeah. is why when people like come up and we're like, yeah, remember that one thing? We're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you should forget it too. I don't understand why you're poisoning your brain with our garbage. I mean, we haven't gone to radio. We, we know we've been trained kind of. We've had bosses sit there and, and tell us what not to say and what to say. And so you get a sense for um, what what's going to sound good as you're doing it. 
Um, but then you also, doing a podcast, you kind of want to untrain yourself from that stuff. Uh, because the stuff they're talking about is, you know, this, this particular focus group between the ages of 18 and 24, they don't like what you're saying right now. So you try not to talk about that. Try to talk about this over here. Um, and so you want to untrain yourself from that because the joy of a podcast is that you get to talk about what you want to talk about. And if somebody wants to hear you talk about that, they come join you. With radio, with, with, with professional radio, you're constantly chasing an audience. Uh, with podcasting, you're providing content and the audience decides if they want to come to you. In a lot of uh, media, there are terms of distinction that rightly or wrongly, uh, they divide things into, into strata of, of quality or of exposure. So for regular television, there's cable access. And for newspapers, there's zines. And for radio now, there is podcasting. And somebody mentioned, I think it might have been Bobby mentioned, the, the whole the stigma about podcasting. Do you, uh, do you guys, and Kyle, we'll kind of start with you because you do something that is, I mean, in the best possible way. It's a niche. It's not something that's meant for everybody. Uh, do you, what do you think about, do you even like the term podcasting or do you, does the, does the term bother you at all? Do you feel it's too narrow in a way? Uh, no, I don't feel it's too narrow. I mean, like you said, I, I, I actually consider like the whole of the internet and then a slice of that internet is what is a bunch of people that will listen to podcasts. And then of that, a tiny slice are people that would listen to a Godzilla podcast. So I don't have a problem at all with niching myself or what I talk about. And, and actually to answer the other two questions, like I do listen to every episode that I record and I edit the hell out of it. <laughs> I, I, if, I, if I talk out of my ass the entire time, I'll get things wrong every once in a while and then I'll get called out on it. Not good for factoid stuff like that. Yeah, that's part of the give and take with the internet, right? You almost have to be wrong, because otherwise people won't listen to you. Yeah. Because if they don't have anything to bitch about, then why are they listening? <laughs> I, see, I don't have that problem yet. I don't know that yeah. problem. And I will say, by the way, by, uh, by going back and editing yourself to, uh, you know, to, to smooth it out and maybe uh, make it sound a little uh, slicker than it was when you first did it, you are not that different from several morning show hosts in Portland who will be unnamed at this time. So, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> uh, C cable core. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the, of, of the term podcasting? Do you, do you find that it... Uh, do you, do you... I, I don't think of it as a limiting term at all. I mean, I don't know what else... Uh, since I don't come from a radio background, uh, like you do and like uh, Court and Bobby do, um, uh, it seems something that's very much accepted and people just understand it for what it is and that... I don't know, it, it seems limitless to me. Um, because since it's out on the net, there's something for everyone out there. So, that's um, how I look at it. Um, I really, really like the term podcast because it's almost a bit of a revolution of information. It's 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 just another piece of like this kind of like you know uh, just basically people communicating over uh, very loosely regulated lines. I mean, we can make a podcast about anything. We can say anything. Um, of course, you know, with, within certain measures, but. I love the fact that I can I can make something that people like and give it out for free, and they can respond to that, and that's you know that that that's basically what drives me is um, making you know a quality product that people can really really just kind of um, rally around, and uh, yeah, I mean it it, it it feels a bit like um, it feels like we're like revolutionaries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're actually really really important. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys probably be in the starkest example of the, yeah. you know, coming from one to the other. Um, I don't know if it took you, did it take you a while to adjust to 
to describing yourself as being a podcast or? Uh, no, I mean, we, we typically describe it more as internet radio. Uh, because, I mean, we're, do, we're doing something slightly different in that because we're streaming it at the same time. So it has it still has that radio feel. There's there's an interaction to it. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole network. I mean, it's not like we just go to, you know, his treehouse or whatever and record. There's a building we go to that has a whole bunch of streaming servers and it has a table. And then once we're done with our show, we get up, we leave, yep. another show comes in, sits down. So it's still sort of radio-esque. In that term, but the the term podcast, I, I used to get annoyed by it just because when you would have to explain to people, and they would be like, "Does that mean I need an iPod?" And you're like, "Well, kind of, but not really." But and then you have to go and log these this this descending spiral of semantics just to explain to people, "Yeah, we talk about Star Wars every now and again." Yeah. I mean, like that's really what you want to get at. Um, so the term can be limiting, but at this point, everyone seems to be sort of stumbling upon it on their own and coming to terms with the term on on their own, yeah. so we don't have to explain it anymore. So the more it goes on, and the more um, the more people you know get accustomed to it, the less of a barrier the term becomes. Like we we just I think we still call it a show. Yeah, it's a show. I mean, it's a show. I mean, you have to call it something. I mean, that's why I'm, I don't get too twisted up about the, the term podcast because if it's not podcast and it's flargoblop or you know it's it's something else. Uh, you, you have to call what what we do. It's not it's not specifically. You know, it's internet radio, but then if you if you're just sending out you know your podcast every once in a while, it's not exactly internet radio. It's something else. So it has to have a name. So fuck it, why not why not podcast? We'll uh, we'll get some uh, some questions from the audience here in a second. I wanted to follow up on something that was just said about the people stumbling upon it and the idea that over there's a niche of a niche, a slice of people of the slice of people who are listening of the people on the internet. One of the good things about online broadcasting is that you you as opposed to working for someone else, if you're a self-contained entity, you're able to market yourself, you have control of the way that your image is presented, the way that you are described to people to some degree or to a greater degree anyway. But of course that's in some ways also the bad news because it means a lot of the impetus is on you to reach people and how difficult is it to cut through the noise that's on, that's on the net and reach the people that you know are out there? I'll say it's a lot harder now because uh, you have a whole bunch of uh, people who uh, are no longer getting their guest spots on, on Letterman or Leno or their, their Comedy Central show got canceled or uh, they, they need uh, some, some more money coming to their, their stand-up gigs. And so the idea of people independently podcasting is slowly getting choked out by a bunch of people who are already collecting contracts from Viacom deciding that uh, podcasts are a great way uh, to get more people at the Laugh Factory when they're there on Sunday. So you end up having a problem breaking through like the top 25, top 50 on iTunes because if someone new has discovered the podcast tab, why wouldn't they immediately go, oh, I'm going to get me some Ricky Gervais, and then I'm going to go ahead and give me some Mark Marin, and I'm going to get me some Nerdist. And then by the time they work their way through you know, Andy Dick and Dane Cook, there you are. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, why wouldn't I click on the two stick figures? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know. So that, that's kind of the, the bigger problem now is that, um, that major media has discovered it and is figuring out a way to exploit it. Um, so that, that can be a problem in, in that if you're not already known marginally in the major media, you can't have a hard time explaining why you should be paying attention to it. That's the problem Kyle didn't have to worry about because Kyle's like, Godzilla. I no know. one else is fucking with Godzilla on the yeah, internet. I, right I now. know where to reach the Godzilla fans. Yeah, I know where, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where yeah. they go. I know, you know, the magazines they read. And mm -hmm. if I, you know, had the money to put out an ad in G Fan or Fangoria, I mm -hmm. could do that. But, but you uh, almost don't have to. It's like exactly. I'm going to look up Godzilla, and 
kaiju cast comes up and people are going to click it and then because of all the time the care you put into it they're like well why would I go anywhere else yeah. it's one of those sorts of things I mean for A jumps B shoots it's got to be sort of a problem video games yeah, yeah I mean there's there, there's bomb cast who, who doesn't talk about video games yeah, really? yeah. one up there I mean there's a whole bunch of uh, podcasts that are associated with giant conglomerate you know yeah. paid sites a lot of those paid for surreptitiously by the video game companies themselves yeah no absolutely and and, and a big problem I kind of run into is um, uh, Yahtzee he has a, a, a show on the escapist called um, um, uh, zero punctuation, and he described um, what we do as uh, throwing a message in a bottle into an ocean made entirely of messages and bottles. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, just you know how 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 unlikely it is to reach you know your audience because you're in this kind of like um, this, this kind of haze of podcasts that people have to kind of weed through to find yours. But uh, I think that's where quality comes in. Quality definitely you know it can can grab someone. Um, whereas you know someone you know uh, you know that, that's where another person kind of falters, and then you end up getting word of mouth community built. Like if yeah, someone absolutely. feels like they've discovered something that is like quiet and out of the way, mm -hmm. they they start to treasure a little more, carry it closer to their chest, and then they spread the word, and then you end up really growing in a grassroots way the audience, much in the same way. What's funny about podcasting is that it seems to harken back to like old old radio, like '40s radio. Um, and that seems to be how uh, shows with uh, a little less spotlight on the media-wise do spread because people feel like they're discovering something uh, and, and they take that discovery. And the first thing you do when you discover something cool is you want to share it with everybody so that they think you're cool because you gave them something cool. Well, it's sort of like slang and drugs, essentially. In the same way, though, I, I think that uh, we're kind of slipping into a new era um, it, where what we have been doing has been like you know, old-timey radio. Um, networks are beginning to form. Uh, the, the, the gravity of, of podcasting is picking up, and, and so all these people are kind of co coalescing into little groups. Um, so you're getting, you know, Cascadia.fm and uh, you know, Smodcast. Just they, they started building a little network, and, and so all these little networks are starting to crop up. Um, and I think everybody's at some point, people are going to start coalescing into the, into these things, and you're going to have online media companies, um, hopefully not run by. The, yeah. the major uh, media companies, but hopefully run by us. Um, and, uh, it, you know, that, that could, it could be pretty interesting what's going to come. And, and through that, people should have an easier time marketing their stuff because you'll have, you have an outlet for it. You'll have somebody kind of working for you, whereas now you're just out there for yourself. Uh, hopefully at some point with these networks, you'll be able to have group marketing. There's there's Cascadia.fm. There's also Geek in the City, which is uh, in the in the sense that that Aaron Duran, to whatever extent you can speak, is trying to he tries to uh, to be not just one thing, but to be he's a, also a, a website, coalition of genres. Right. And, and he also is working on doing comic book publishing at present. Um, so it, and the, Geek in the City covers a, a lot of what's being out there already. So I, I think they run into the same problem. Um, since it covers movies and comic books and video games, there are a lot of podcasts that seem to do that. Um, but they, they have a loyal fan base, and, and like Bobby was talking about, with there is that sense of community and word of mouth is spread. Because of the internet, that word of mouth is just not local anymore. So it'll, it seems to allow for word of mouth to spread wherever the internet goes. So. So there's almost it seems like there's almost two different ways of doing it. There's the which seem to be you know both getting a lot of traction. There's the Cascadia method of putting a lot of podcasts under one umbrella, and and then the Geek in the Cities method, which is I guess what they would call more horizontal expansion, which is a lot of different slices, uh, a lot of different types of entertainment and content mm -hmm. under one name. Um, at, at this point, probably. 
Uh, so I have, you know, obviously I always have more to ask. I know you guys have more to say, but we want to throw it over to the audience as well. So if we have questions, anybody has uh, questions, queries, etc., about uh, podcasting, this is the time when you raise your hand, sir. I'm curious about uh, audio quality. One of the things I bump into when I record my show is uh, when we say something hilarious, people laugh, and the audio quality goes down the drain because uh, it all it cuts out. So is there a good, simple way to do that? And real quickly, I'm going to repeat, because we're taping this, mm -hmm. I'm going to actually repeat these questions just so, uh, so they can be heard by, heard by folks in the future. Uh, so the question is about audio quality, and if there's a sudden uh, increase in volume, like a lot of people laughing in the studio or responding, then the audio quality just suddenly diminishes. So it, does it start, like, peaking? Does it start cracking and peaking? Right, right. Um, Compressors. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what I do, because um, recording Geek in the City, you, you come across that a lot because uh, you know there'll, there'll be a punchline, then 15 other punchlines start getting yelled at at the same time. Oh, yeah. So what you end up having to do is just basically record it at a lower volume, the entirety of your podcast at a much lower volume, and then post-process it. Essentially, uh, just whatever you have to do to squish the wave file so it looks like a giant solid brick, and then amplify that brick. That's basically how you're going to have to do it. That's, I mean, that didn't sound technical at all. Yeah. <laughs> you, you make the podcast by squishing the bricks. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. So that's how you'll get rid of a lot of you know, the peaking and the, and the audio dropouts. So you record it quieter, so that gives you a quieter, so it gives you a lot more headroom. Uh, and then once you're done, you can fill that headroom with your squashed brick. And, and also train, train your, your, uh, your guests to, to back up. When, they, when they're going to laugh, make sure that ha, 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 ha. Yeah, a lot of people think that uh, the, the big piece of equipment uh, with podcasting is the mixing board, and that is very important. But if you can somehow get your hands on a headphone mixer, that is great, because if you can give your guests the, the ability to hear themselves while they're, while they're talking, mm -hmm. uh, they might actually shut up when other people are talking, which is a big thing. That's unlikely. Uh, no, yeah, true, <laughs> true. But that's, that's, that's a big thing. They'll realize how loud they're being, how close they are to the mic, whether they're just stepping into the mic during yeah. Slack moments. They'll actually hear themselves. So if you, can, if you can afford a headphone mixer, if you can afford to introduce that into your, into your podcasting uh, equipment, please do so, because that will help greatly. As somebody just walking in off the street, if somebody's out there, they just go, well, I'm going to go start a podcast tomorrow, I want to get some of this, I want to make it sound decent to whatever extent I can. What's the, would you say, is the, what's the lowest, the lowest dollar amount ballpark that they could lay out to get something that sounds reasonable? If you already have a, a laptop, um, and, and, uh, and if you've already uh, picked up a cool edit off, you know, online, uh, which is at the low, low price of free, um, you could probably do it for about two hundred bucks yeah. with you know a few a few mics, the cables you need, a mixer, and not the greatest mixer in the world, um, and and a headphone jack and, and some really shitty headphones. You could probably do that for about two hundred bucks. Um, if you uh, if, if it's just you, um, there are actually some USB microphones um, that just plug directly into your computer. Um, you can grab one of those for about a hundred bucks. Yeah, but the snowballs, the blue snowball is yeah. easily my favorite. And they just released another one called the Blue Yeti, uh, which is actually a multi-capsule one. So if you want to uh, talk to a, a couple people on different sides of the microphone and pick them up equally, uh, that's another really good one to pick up. Yeah, what I did for uh, the the setup that I use to record Geek in the City and also the commentaries for Court and Fat Boy, it's just I went on Craigslist, looked for a mixer, and then I went to Guitar Center. Picked up a bunch of mics. Uh, I think total cost for uh, the cables, the mics. I think I got seven, and uh, the mixer was about one seventy. That's it, it. Doesn't cost that much at all, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I, I picked up two mics and cables from Guitar Center's website. They had like an online sale, 
and the Behringer mixer for the Behringer mixer was like only eighty bucks. Yeah. It's not super awesome, but I mean, right. I've been using it for three years. I'm mm -hmm. I'm about to start upgrading my equipment, but I mean, for three years, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, we have additional questions. Uh, um, orange hair directly in front. <laughs> orange hair. Yes. Anyway, uh, this might actually be a question that none of you know or care about. Um, I'm going to answer it anyway. <laughs> I figured. Um, I, asked, I asked somebody once about how iTunes tells you how many listeners you have, and the answer I got made me more confused than I started. Mm -hmm. So how do you judge when you have more listeners, or you're doing well, or you're spreading more, if iTunes is giving you different information from your download? On your Trust website. your own site. iTunes is a fucking joke. Yep. That's okay. yeah. 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 basically the top fifty at iTunes. There you go. Look at that. Uh, the top fifty at iTunes are more or less paid for. Yeah. Like you can pay for your ranking. iTunes doesn't let you know that. And the, the ranking algorithm at iTunes is ridiculous because it only tracks new subscribers, not total subscribers, and it doesn't give you credit for how long those subscribers have stuck around, and it doesn't give you credit for how many MP3s have been downloaded from your site. So trust your own site. That'll let you know how many people are pulling down files. So iTunes rankings are... It's, it's, it's new subscribers, that's it. It's new subscribers. Total. New subscribers that hour, new subscribers that day, new subscribers that week, new subscribers that month. Boom. And iTunes is I, probably like every every uh, slice of media has this. Amazon probably is is, is, is mm -hmm. like this as well. And you know I would imagine Netflix, where there's one de facto uh, so-called gold standard in terms of your listenership or in terms of your, your mm -hmm. user base, but it probably is is not even a slice of the pie. It's probably a part of the slice. Yeah, you know, the pie yeah. and, and an inaccurate part at that. A very inaccurate, How especially since a lot of people. I mean, the subscriptions stay high for a lot of those. Uh, uh, podcasts that are in the top 50 simply because a lot of them are paying for their spots. So when you go through, no one scrolls down to 178 of the top 200 and goes, that's the one I'm picking. Yeah. They, they go through the top 50 and they're like, well, that one sounds good, that one sounds good, that one sounds good. Yeah, so, and then, so the subscriptions stay high. A lot of people might not stay listening to that. They might jettison it. But if you've got someone else in that churn clicking subscribe, trying it out, your subscriptions stay high. Do you guys track your, your downloads really carefully? Do you pay attention to where people are listening and, and where, they're, where they're being redirected from? Um, uh, yeah, I, I use a WordPress, and there's a WordPress plugin for uh, the podcast player that I have um, that keeps track of, uh, yeah, like, you know, where they listen from and how many listeners I have on each episode. The problem I have is, um, for whatever reason, there's spammers who are spamming, like, 100 listens to one file, and it inflates my numbers and makes me feel real good when I first see it, but uh, then when I actually do a little bit of research, it turns out, oh, uh, I don't have nearly that many listens, but... Um, that, that's probably pretty close to an accurate count of how many people actually, and it, it really is just people who come to the site and click on play. It doesn't really count um, uh, iTunes subscriptions. So, uh, Robert Wagner once pointed out to me, and this was great, um, iTunes is not going to actually take their podcast section seriously until they can figure out a way to make money on it the way they made money on their music store. When they can figure out a way to make money on their podcast section, then there's going to be an accurate representation. Then you can trust what the iTunes rankings say. But as it is now, iTunes is basically the only serious aggregate for our medium, mm -hmm. and they don't care about it. So it ends up being like a real, you have to go through iTunes really if you want to try and grow your audience as big as you possibly can. The problem is that you're, you're essentially forced to go to an abusive stepfather yeah. in order to get your podcast put out there. Like who, who on this panel isn't on iTunes right now? Yeah, same. So, yeah, there, there we go. go. What's up, dude? Uh, I use Google, Google Analytics mm -hmm. for all of the site traffic. Yeah. And they just send me 100 bucks for free advertising. So oh, really? Yeah, Google Analytics is decent. Um, it, it can keep track of some of that. But, but if it, uh, they don't 
They don't talk to iTunes, so if you're if you're looking for iTunes numbers, you're, you're screwed. Although the good idea is, like, if they're giving you a hundred bucks for advertising, yeah, so you can flip that to iTunes. Let's make use of that. Yeah. Uh, sir. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Uh, it seems that the podcast seems to be two branches. Uh, main is talk show types like the gentleman up here, but there seems to be another branch that is. That, uh, I've seen a lot of the podcast dramas or the podcast novels. Um, have you guys come across those, and what are your opinions? So there's sort of talk podcasting, and then there's things that are more scripted, or that are that are that are, that are uh, serialized dramas, or almost almost books on podcasting yeah. like that. Um, is that something that you guys have any experience with, or do you have any interest in? I, I haven't. I haven't seen them. It's mostly because I'm not. Interested in that stuff? Usually, I'm I'm more into the, the newsy or, or talky stuff. So, I've well, actually, you and Bobby and I have all been have all participated. In oh yes. Yeah. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? I know. I promise I'd never bring it up in public. And well, you know, here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, this uh, there were a couple radio serials that we were involved in that now have life in podcasting. Um, that, I mean, they're not being redone, but they, they've been rebroadcast as podcasts, and that is uh, AZ, which was a post-apocalyptic uh, zombie story set in Portland, and um, The Adventures of the Crimson Mist, which was also set in Portland in about 1940s, World War II era. So that, that, that's been our experience. I think we all have played characters. Uh, Court was the announcer on um, all the Crimson Mists. Yeah. Bobby and I both played villains. It's an interesting question, though. Do you think that talk radio, the talk radio in terms of radio genres, will be the thing forevermore that dominates the world of podcasting or online broadcasting? Yeah, I, I think it will dominate. I think there there is a place for for I guess books on podcast and and uh, some of these serial dramas, but uh, I think it's it's going to be. I, I think it'll always be fairly niche. Yeah. Um, I th I think what we do. And, I mean, look at look at talk radio. I mean, there's a reason why talk radio, even you know, the broadcast terms, works is because people listen to it uh, for for that. I mean, they're they're looking for information. They're looking for for conversation. They're looking for just you know just general um, you know talking. I mean, they're they're looking for somebody. Discussing things and, and uh, kind of uh, inspiring thought. They're not necessarily looking for a book on tape. If you're looking for a book on tape, you're going to buy a book on tape. Yeah, when radio dies, um, talk radio is going to go to podcasting, much in the same way when broadcast television dies, all your TV shows are going to be gained through the internet. It's basically the same. Oh, every, media is learning how to step sideways, essentially. They're going to move from whatever they're doing, their, their broadcast over the air stuff to the internet, and they're learning how to do that uh, by themselves. Uh, the problem is, by the time they get there, um, we will have grassroots our own little thing. So they'll be interlopers into our own scene, essentially. Um, miss? Um, there are a lot of really great female podcasters, and we had a lot of geek girls here That's at the convention. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering why you don't have any women on your panel. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my inside voice. It's, po podcasting <laughs> is a pretty... Uh, uh, Male-dominated yeah. medium. Oh, yeah. If you want to get into the whole uh, why do nerds not mention that whole inherent uh, sexism thing in their whole culture, that's a completely different panel. Yeah. Well, don't you have a female uh, co-host on one of your shows? I celebrate the female. 
celebrate entirely. I yes, I do. As a matter of fact, yeah. The, 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 the lady in front, the wonderful lady uh, in front, uh, launching the controversial questions is Dawn Taylor, who is uh, a co-host not only of, of Rick Emerson's on the Rick Emerson Show, but also uh, of Ham Fisted Radio, which is one of the weekly shows that I That's do. what this was all about. You just trying to get a little shine, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you just trying to get a little attention. Warm actually, applause right there from Dawn. Yeah, I actually would be remiss if I did not say that yeah, Dawn Taylor is uh, a co-host Ham Fisted Radio with Bobby Fatboy Roberts, which is uh, Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Uh, at Cascadia.fm and at hamfistradio.com. And then uh, is also the uh, co-host, uh, along with myself, at Legion of News, uh, which is on Cascadia uh, every day at noon, weekdays at noon, and on the Rick Emerson Show, which is at uh, rickemersonshow.com at around 1.30 uh, every day. So we've got, I think, And that wasn't rehearsed at all. No, of course not. We didn't plan that out yesterday. Uh, I think we've got for one more. Sir. You guys are all audio podcasters. Do you think that, I mean, video podcasting is also still kind of niche in that, yeah. you know, a big percentage of podcasts are still audio. Do you think that moving to video will eventually happen where there all be video podcasts, or do you always think... I, I don't think, I think audio will always kind of be the standard um, because it's the thing, you know, it's the same reason why radio works is that you can be listening to a podcast while you're doing 10 other things. Yeah, like you listen to This American Life while you're riding your bike yeah. to the show. Right. Yeah. So I couldn't do that with, with a video podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, you know, I think there's a place for both. Um, you know, I, I know Byron Beck, uh, who's the, host, uh, the guest on our show, he does, he does a, a video podcast. Uh, where he sits around and sexually harasses people and drinks. Um, and so there's always going to be a place for Byron to do that. Yeah, so I think uh, the, the, the problem with video, uh, video podcasting is that you were then in competition, essentially, with people like uh, Conan O'Brien and, and uh, what's the, Craig Ferguson, uh, because that's how most people are consuming talk shows now, like, like video talk shows, you know, like the old school late night talk shows. They're not actually watching them at late night they're getting the five-minute chunks on the YouTubes or on their uh, proprietary players. So if you've got a video podcast, not only are you competing with audio podcasts, which are easier to consume, but you're competing with you know, Craig Ferguson going on a 15-minute flawless monologue every day of the week. So it becomes harder to, to you know, get your video podcast uh, lodged in people's brains. Yeah, there's, there's also the issue of uh, budgets. I mean, I think a high-quality video or a, a video podcast is much more expensive to do than a high-quality audio podcast. Um, because, like, you know, I, 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 I looked into that uh, myself because um, I was going to do a lot of uh, video interviews. And then I started looking at what, I, you know, a decent camera is going to run me. I was like, whoa, okay, let's, uh, let's do audio. That's good. <laughs> Got a little uh, handheld recorder for 100 bucks, and there we go. File size is actually, I mean, yeah. if you want to get on the technical side of it too, file size is something that video will increase that exponentially, mm -hmm. you know, versus audio. I mean, I agree with Bobby and Court, like, being able to work and listen to a podcast at the same time is uh, essential for me, but my iPod is only an eight gigabyte iPod, so I can't fit more than like five podcasts on. I know. Was. I'm a podcaster, man. I don't have my iPod. <laughs> Same here, man. I don't even have an iPod with a screen on it. Yeah. I just got a gay. I got a guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Mandacor, the final comment? <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Good to know we mind meld right there. Yeah. 
Court and Fatboy, Court Weber and Bobby Fatboy Roberts at the Court and Fatboy Show. Uh, we also want to thank uh, Matt Hunter from A Jumps B Shoots, um, not dramatic or geek in the city, and uh, which uh, all is, uh, is run by a fellow named Aaron Duran, who has uh, his wife described as a certain patient zeroing at home today and not yeah. able to, uh, to be here. It's, uh, it's Aaron Duran and Scott Daly. Um, they're the ones that started it, and then Dan Clark came on board um, initially doing uh, toy, toy reviews. Toy reviews, and, and his kind of become the, the color man on the show. And the famous Scott Daly. The yeah. famous Scott Daly. He would, he would be here, but he's off signing autographs somewhere. I've been to do uh, geeky art things, and now uh, Keelan King has joined as well. And uh, Kyle Young from KaijuCast, and so uh, these guys are all going to be, I would imagine, mingling and floating and drinking and groping for the rest of the day, so if you have questions, just uh, <laughs> just grab them. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, real quick, um, if anybody wants to come to my booth, um, we're going to be doing uh, uh, recording sessions where we're inviting people to sit down and talk about their favorite video game. So we're, we're really lazy about content today, so we're going to make you do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you to all you guys. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you. Thank you.